Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, your folks probably have that little footprint prone stuck on a magnet somewhere in your fridge. It's usually on like a picture of a pretty beach. I walked down the beach with the Lord on a perfect day and nothing was wrong. And I reflected back on my life and how great it was. And then I saw that there was only one set of footprints in the hardest part. And the Lord said, that's where I carried you. (laughs) It's not in the Bible. It's touching. Honestly, it's a whole lot easier to swallow than the words out of our Lord's own mouth, so I see why we go with them. Today, a woman begs through tears for Jesus to help her daughter, her demon-possessed daughter. The Jesus who said, let the little children come to me, who says he came to destroy the power of the demons. Yeah, he ignores her. But, you know, she begs and she cries, that, that desperate kind of cry where you get all snotted up, that kind of cry. And Jesus finally answers her prayers. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That means no. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I think you know what that means. Nobody actually has posters of these words made up, written in italics over a picture of a pretty beach. We want the footprints. See, we come up with these kinds of poems to make God more accessible. Why did I only see one set of footprints, Lord? That's where I was carrying you. It's easy on purpose. This, I think, is hard on purpose. We could write it in italics. It is not right to take the little children's bread and feed it to the dogs. Put it over the picture of a perfect sunset. Where were you when there was only one set of footprints, Lord? I was there, you just couldn't see two sets of footprints because my feet were busy kicking you while you were down. It, it loses some of the poetry. But real religion is hard. When our Lord is quiet, when he doesn't answer the way that we want, usually that's when the footprints come in. We figure it's our job to make up the answer, to make sure that God doesn't look bad. That's where the footprints poem came from. We try to make religion easier to stomach. It's a wonderful poem. I see the point behind it. I really do. But it seems like over and over again, when it actually comes to real disaster, real heartache, to the cancer, to the, to the tragedy, to the, the accidents, to the one things in the world that, that God should be protecting us from, it seems like Christianity tries to keep Jesus safe from disaster harder than he tries to keep us safe from it. And it leaves us with this foul taste in our mouth that we're not really sure what to do with. And so we try and find these explanations to make God actually seem like he's not the bad guy. But I'm not sure that Jesus who left us these words today would have us make excuses for him. I don't know that God who would speak this way actually wants religion to be that easy because this is not supposed to be a reward for the truly stubborn or the intentionally ignorant. It's just a reality. If faith is going to endure, with all that's wrong in this world, it can't be soft. If faith is going to endure in the face of how much pain there is down here and how much sadness, it can't be make-believe. But there is a decline in religion that I've been told about because I'm apparently riding the slide down that matches up pretty precisely with making religion really inoffensive so that it doesn't actually mean anything anymore. Thing is, you can get that just about anywhere else. 
and it's free there. Look around at everything that's wrong in this world. Look at wrongs that we do to each other. We need more than just a feel-good slogan. Some of the tragedy is not your fault. The demons that had this little girl, not hers. Some of the stuff wrong here is your fault. Starting usually with the desire to make God into a vending machine. Faith isn't a vending machine, though. It's not put in prayers, get out whatever you really want. Because nobody goes to a vending machine to actually be near the vending machine. We want what's inside of it. And that's really how we approach God deep down. Be the God who gives me everything that I want, or at least the way of understanding everything so that even when it doesn't look like you're doing everything that I want, I can see an imaginary set of footprints that show that you're still really only doing exactly what I want the whole time. We've made prayer into a quest for stuff. And then when we tried it and it didn't work, we had to come up with an excuse for the God who never actually promised to work it that way. Real prayer is harder because it's not a vending machine. Say a certain amount of prayers and get whatever you want. And it's not a set of footprints that somehow excuse God for letting you suffer by showing you that really he was doing exactly what you wanted the whole time. You just couldn't see it at the moment. Real prayer is about comfort because it's about holding God to a promise to be merciful and good no matter what things look like at the time. And when the world looks like this, that has to come from outside of you. That has to come from the Holy Spirit. That has to come from that which has been revealed in God's word. We remember God's identity as shown from what he says about himself in his word. Faith is looking to God through his word and insisting that he is good in the face of everything else that isn't. Faith is to look past the right now and remember. In the one-year lectionary, the Latin weeks all have Latin names, and they sound real fancy, but it's really just the first word from the intro. This, year, uh, this week's is reminiscery. It just means remember. It means remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. And that's not just for him to remember. That's for us, for me. In the face of everything that goes wrong, when we pray and we pray and we are not finding the answers that we have been telling ourselves deep down will only come if we just pray harder, God calls us to remember what kind of God we actually have. Remember. Think back. We don't estimate God according to our feelings at the moment, but strictly according to his word. Look at everything your Lord has done. And all of a sudden, God gets a lot less quiet when you need him. We will not ignore the things that are wrong right now, but we will see the past right alongside it and assume the very same God who is merciful in the past is still working now, even if we can't figure it out. Then we don't have to make up an answer. We can remember back to who our God is. We don't need to make up a new poem. We can remember where our God has joined us in the pit, in the despair, in the calamity, in the cancer, in the decay, in the death itself, and pulled us back out of it. We can remember everything that our God has done so far and every single person that he has done it for. And only then can we put ourselves in what we really think aside. But I prayed. But I'm a good person. But I believe. So why don't I have it yet? And God, I figured you'd be different than this. I figured you'd be a lot more like what I would want you to be. So like, show me how you were the way I wanted you to be all along and I just didn't see it. Show me one set of footprints.
In the Bible, there's no footprints, just a Jesus who sat in front of a woman who wept snot. And if you want to start to unravel it, recognize something. God seems at his most off-putting when we're dealing with him based on our identity instead of his. God seems like the biggest jerk in the world when we want to deal with him based on ourselves instead of based on his promises. And then see the faith of this woman. She only wants to deal with God based on who he is. She ignores everything else because nothing else matters. You were sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Fine, but I still know who you are. You are the son of David. You are the mercy God. Give me mercy. It doesn't matter who she is. Little dog, fine. If Christ helps even the least of these, whatever. Help me. She holds on over and over by remembering who the son of David is. This is who our God is. So mercy must follow, not because I want it, not because I have earned it, not because I had deserved it, but simply because this is just who you are as our God. And then prayer becomes a joy. Start with who your God is, and prayer becomes different. Our Father, who art in heaven, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, see that God is not as silent as we think. He has already spoken. He spoke to you from that cross where he said, your sins are forgiven, where he said, it is finished. Then each, every single truth becomes a light into our darkness. Every time we pray and it seems like there's a no, really it's just a call to remember to focus on who our God is and what he has already spoken. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his iniquities and out of all of his troubles. And we can remember that he has. It's right up there. We hang it in the center of the church for a reason. It is finished. Those feet there crushed the head of the serpent who deceived even as a nail was driven into them. That mercy that we need might not always be found in what we want, but if God is so good to be in the world for this woman to die for her, how is he going to ignore her? God was there to save her at that table, even while she prayed. If God is this good to buy your life with his own on that cross, will he really ignore you now? Then see that he is working. That whether or not you actually understand it, There's something bigger than you imagine going on. Here's promises. Don't make up new ones. Remember who he is. His mercies have been from of old. There the spirit makes faith that holds on, even when everything else falls apart. It recognizes something deeper than our ability to hold on. It's that God actually puts himself there for you to hold on to. God creates the faith that won't let go. God promises, and even as he promises, he fulfills it himself. And he clings to us, even as we grasp for him, that we would be dragged into the grave and back out into the resurrection. This woman prayed all the while through, remembering who her God was. And there it becomes a joy. Understand that while everything was wrong, she was never shaken once. You're the son of David. There's help here. Even the little dogs get the scraps there's help here. You are the God of mercy. There's help here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds into life everlasting. Amen.